Welcome to Life Talk. Life Talk is a weekly podcast specifically designed to provide helpful insights, timely tools, and inspirational ideas that lift, encourage, and challenge. This week's podcast is an excerpt taken from the book entitled In the Footsteps of the Few The Power of a Principled Life. We don't live very robust lives. As Christians, we subtly fall into behaviors and patterns that are diminishing ineffectual, and compromised. These are embraced by a secular culture that delights in undermining the Christian narrative in the larger culture. Therefore, our frequently lackluster, ever-dimming, and perpetually compromising faith is reinforced by the larger culture that seeks its demise. In time, we begin to lose touch with what it is to be a Christian. Majesty and mystery fall to pulpits scurrying to explain why the church has failed to seize the culture and inspire it to better things. The relevance of biblical principles as held against the dynamics of the 21st century seem to be ill-explained or not explained at all. We pound out repetitive principles of a faith that has forgotten how to articulate who and what it is. This book arises out of 10 years in pastoral ministry and 30 years in the counseling field where the lives of untold thousands of people needed something from me to grant them hope, encourage broken spirits, make sense of their disjointed journey, and at times save their lives. This book is an effort to do exactly that. I hope that you enjoy this episode. I was thinking... The more I thought, the more I realized that there is a whole lot to think about. But in my thinking, I thought that most of our thinking, despite how much there is to think about, is really pretty standardized and chafingly rote. We think in predetermined patterns and pre-existent templates that require no thinking other than the commitment not to think. We think in the way that others have chosen to think because they've already done the thinking, which relieves us of the need to do so. We think we think, but the more I think about that, the less I think we think, if you know what I mean. So while there's a whole lot to think about in this big, wide world of ours, we don't. It seems that our thinking is constrained in a manner that there's really not that much thinking going on at all. Rather, more often than not, our thinking is a tired process of monotonously gathering up a predictable handful of stale but safe thoughts. And if we play with them long enough, we figure that maybe they'll freshen up and something innovatively fragrant might actually emerge out of the rot. If something actually does, we're usually scared of whatever it is. If it doesn't, which is typically what happens, we become increasingly convinced beyond hope that life is actually as stale as we thought it was. Most of this appears to happen because we think within boxes that we randomly, and sometimes not so randomly, borrow. We think within predetermined boxes because anything outside of those requires some innovation wherein we let the leash out a bit, let our thoughts find their legs, and let them run. But we've discovered that sometimes that simply takes too much thought, far too much energy, and far, far too much courage, 
for it is much easier and much, much safer to just sit. Or worse yet, we fear that once our thoughts have caught even the slightest whiff of a life running at full stride, they will forever refuse the short leash. What if our thinking were to open up fresh venues and pull back some hitherto hidden veil that suddenly revealed vast horizons that leaves ignorance no place to hide? And what if the magnitude of such revelations is such that it handily crushes the complacency within which we've found so much comfort? What if? And out of the fear that such things might actually befall us, we peruse the stank back alleys of complacency, hastily borrowing boxes that we find deep in the darkened hovels of mediocrity. And life becomes a journey lived within suffocating boxes rather than an adventure crafted of breathless horizons. We think within the box of societal norms. We grant these norms legitimacy because most of the people around us adhere to them in one form or the other. Because all these people adhere to them, we naturally grant these norms and morality, assuming that others would not dare embrace them if they weren't sufficiently ethical or moral. Therefore, despite the terribly narrow nature of both the boxes and our logic, they are deemed acceptable. To our relief, we quickly discover that if we think within these boxes, we are far less likely to be met with rejection, or ridicule, or disdainful judgment, or some other rather distasteful response. We desperately want to be in the good graces of those around us, as that's far more comfortable and far less dangerous than being in some other more adverse state of relationship with these people. Therefore, the rules of the box rule out the role of thinking. We think within the well-worn boxes of the mundane, as that path is quite well charted, rigorously predictable, and therefore void of anything dangerous because other people have figured out where all the dangerous stuff is and either removed it or they've created paths around it. We know that venturing off the path in life is reft with all sorts of calamity that's just waiting to happen, And so in the box of the mundane, there's nothing to venture off on because there's one and only one path. It might be mundane, it might go nowhere, but it's safe. If you happen to find safe as refusing to live in order to effectively avoid being hurt. In an increasingly busy world that's careening in every conceivable direction, the box of the mundane allows us to perfectly function on autopilot since there's only one path we can walk. Better yet, if we so choose, we can simply sit along the side of this singular path as this box generously allows us to somehow think, because we're not, that sitting is a journey. Therefore, the rules of the box rule out the role of thinking. We think within the box of our fears, as anything on the outside of those walls is filled with horrific danger, often of the most fabricated sort. We've probably ventured out there a time or two, and when we did, we got hurt. And so, when we were hurt, we put our pain on emotional steroids, which exponentially magnified our fear. We then took that fear and fashioned a monster that doesn't exist, and we hunkered down in our box, horrified by the fiction of it all. 
And while the space out there is a whole lot bigger than the infinitesimally small space in here, at least it's safe. And safety, in our minds, is a decent trade-off. So much so that we amply decorate the box and make it homey with the scant furnishings of justification, rationalization, denial, and other carefully appointed excuses. We settle into the scantily upholstered armchair of mediocrity and while away our days pretending that we're not pretending. Therefore, the rules of the box rule out the role of thinking. We think within the box created by our families as we engaged them growing up. In many unhealthy families, their boxes were shaped by their own demons and assorted hobgoblins that they handed the reins of power over to. Over time, they dutifully passed those on to us lock, stock, and barrel. Sometimes these families demand that family members stay within those boxes because somehow we will vanish into the dank darkness of another life or be whisked off to parts unknown by friends or fall headlong into a career if we dare step outside of these boxes. Other times, family members may prompt us to move outside of the box because they have come to recognize the life-sucking quality of the box. Yet, while they prompt us to step out, they did not know how to do so themselves. Therefore, we must do the most daring thing imaginable and think through exactly how in the world we're going to do that. Therefore, the rules of the box rule out the role of thinking. We think within the box crafted by our self-esteems. These are often the smallest of all boxes because we dare not create any room whatsoever for anyone else to come in lest they see how pathetically awful we really are. Sitting in our confining hovel, we know full well that there's great adventure and untapped possibilities outside of our boxes. There's a good chance that we studied it or read about it or on those better days, taking a slight peek outside before slamming the door shut again. In fact, knowing all of that is often the most difficult thing of all. We know outside this box of ours there's more life than we can wrap our solitary minds around. We constantly hear the invitations to come out. We can imagine adventure because we've imagined it so many times that we can almost touch it in our minds which makes us think that somehow we're touching the adventure out there, which in fact we are not. But we doubt our ability to function in it, or find a place in it, or seize it in the cultivation of our dreams, or much less survive it. Therefore, the rules of the box rule out the role of thinking. I was thinking that there are a whole lot of boxes, lots and lots of them, but I was also thinking that they are just boxes and nothing more. A box is not a fortified prison with towering walls and tangled barbed wire, even though we have come to see it as such. It's just a box and nothing more. And as a box, it doesn't hold us. Rather, we hold it. I don't think that we have the power to move beyond our boxes. Rather, I know that we do. And when we realize that power and move beyond our boxes, the parameters of our lives will explode exponentially in a manner 
that we will be free to think about all of the many things that this big, wide world of ours has to think about. When we do, the role of thinking will finally destroy the rules of the box. And when that happens, we will be genuinely free. And when we're free, we won't be imprisoned by the dark specter of endings. Rather, we can embrace the majesty of our purpose, and we can run with the power of our calling. And so, I think I really, really want to think outside the boxes. So I think I'll start getting rid of them. It might take some time. I'm going to have to be honest about them and grieve what they've already stolen from me. It might be scary, and in fact, I know it will be. I may wonder what in the world I'm doing at times. People may wonder what in the world I'm doing as they peer out from the cracks in their own boxes. But to not get rid of the boxes is to rot away in a box. And I know that that is not life for me. And might I say, I don't think that's the life for you either. So let's begin the process of letting the role of thinking destroy the rules of the boxes. And let's be free. Thanks for joining us today. You will discover in the footsteps of the few the power of a principled life as well as all of my books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. It is my hope that you will find these books as meaningful and restorative in your life.